the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. Stocks have turned higher after the Super Bowl of inflation comes in. Hotter than expected. But it did decelerate. Oh, can I just get one-handed answers? On one hand, it was great. On the other hand, it was less than great. That's a crazy thing for me to say out loud, right? Inflation decelerates from, uh, for CPI, Consumer Price Index. Let me slow down. I'm kind of getting excited. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. It slows down from an 8.5% read year over year to an 8.3. It's going to take six to nine months to get us to where those comparisons are going on top of each other's last year's inflations. And the numbers start looking a little less hateful. We got a ton of questions. Stocks don't always go up. Yesterday, more did than Bennett. The crucial consumer price index comes out today. But before we get to that in detail, and we have briefing.com today, which I'm very excited about. We still have a lot swirling. Janet Yellen chimed in on the abortion restrictions and how they could damage the economy. I don't look at treasury secretaries as Republican or Democrat as much as say the president, vice president, senators, house of representatives. You kind of hope that they're economists in their heart. The economic impact of abortions has been investigated for decades There was a study following groups of women who wanted abortions for five years. Two-thirds of the group that was unable to get them were living in poverty within six months compared to 45% of the group that was able to receive the procedure. So two-thirds end up in poverty within six months that were unable to get abortions. It feels like if you look at this from a labor perspective and not a human life perspective, like it's bad for poor people, like it's bad for middle class and lower class. You can come to your own decisions on everything. I could say economically, it's probably not the greatest thing out there. If you look at National Bureau of Economic Research data, a 2020 paper published by the National Bureau of Economic Research found that being denied abortion access caused bankruptcies and evictions experienced by women to rise by 81% and increases the amount of debt women hold that is 30 plus days late by 78%. I always try to bring something a little bit different to the show. Electronic Arts and FIFA are calling it quits. This is an interesting one. FIFA is a well-known sports game. I think anyone who has a PlayStation or an Xbox has probably come across it. It's one of the most popular games of all time. When it comes out, the whole world buys it because the whole world likes soccer. Well, FIFA wanted too much money to use their name and their likenesses. So Electronic Arts said, we're out. Interesting. Last year, FIFA brought in $20 billion. This year, the new game will be called EA Sports FC, short for Football Club. 
the iPod has gone to the farm. It's gone out to the pasture. Maybe even it's been a shotgun taken with it. It's going to that old time road. And the glue factory. The original iPod born in October of 2001. I remember when I first saw it. I'm like, wow. That thing can hold a thousand songs. Because the, the music player that I had was the size of a shoe. Like a size 8 shoe. It was big. Maybe size 6. But it was like 6 inches by 3 inches. It's huge. Um, and that led to the iPad iPod Nano, Nano, it led to green and hot pink, it led to whether you can get your smudgy little fingerprints all over it and how they can fix that. Um, but the iPod is going bye-bye. Should you grab one now for nostalgic reasons? Leave it in the box? Maybe. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Because it's going to be one of those things that you don't find anymore. When the phone came out and they started building the music player into the phone, bye-bye one of the products they invented they cannibalized one another let's talk about some other stories of news today obviously that cpi number is a big one markets have turned positive today telling you that as we watch this um we're reacting in real time to the the, the response um i still feel I, there's a lot of commentary to unpack right now. I'll get to inflation in a second. One of the things that I want to get to right now, though, is Unity Software stock crashes. Now, Unity stock is a company I don't know. I don't know a lot about. I've never bothered to take any effort to follow probably 95 percent of the stocks that came out in the last two to three years. A lot of artificial intelligence, a lot of space stuff, a lot of stuff that was rushed to the market. And they're the ones falling 70, 80, 90%. The NASDAQ may take three to five years, may take three to five years to get back to its all-time highs. But I think names like Netflix, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet will fare much better than the overall NASDAQ, much like 2000 to 2001 to 2002. That tech correction wiped out so many losers, so many stock losers like Pets.com and Digital Cities. I can go through the list. Even companies like Yahoo got knocked off their perch. And it took years for the NASDAQ to hit its all-time high, but not the leaders to start leading again. It just so much collateral damage brought down the whole sideshow, if you will. There's so much going on today, and I'm so str- I, I feel like I'm up against the clock. This should be a good 90 minutes at least before I slow down. Speaking of slowing down, inflation slowed down in April, but it's still sky high. And again, I started the segment by saying, you know, I wish I had a one hand so I could just go, it was a good number. So I don't go on the other hand. Super price index rose three tenths of a percent last month, a sharp drop from March's 1.2% increase. So on a month to month level, it was a nice drop on a year over year. It's still elevated. We're going to see that year over year problematic for a while. When you sign a new rent, let's say you have a, a house on bleaker street, one, two, three bleaker street. And it was renting for a thousand dollars a month. And the, you 
someone left and you get a new tenant and you're like, what's the going rates now? Well, due to the pandemic, we're going to be able to charge 20% more. So we're going to charge $1,200 a month. So all 12 months have to be uh, factored in before it's set as 1200. It takes a while. There's big developments in Bitcoin today. Stablecoin has fallen below 50 cents. This is interesting to note in large part. If you're going to be a stable coin and you're going to try to peg yourself to the dollar, you really better peg yourself to the dollar. So the Terra's meltdown falling below 50 cents to the dollar, that would be like you putting a dollar in your bank and it's worth 50 cents the next month. That's not good. Coinbase is tumbling after they said the crypto winter has arrived. How good you feeling about Bitcoin, how good you feel about inflation, how good you feel about the big boys tech, how good you feel about the markets, you tell me. Find me at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. So later this morning at 10 o'clock, I'm going to record an interview with Adam Phillips, EP Wealth's Director of Portfolio Strategy. And a lot of times he and I get caught up in kind of the, the similar, where we talk about the economy, we talk about jobs, we talk about inflation, we talk about Congress, things that can affect the stock market. Today, it's going to be just about bonds. A lot of things are happening in the stock market right now that only George R.R.R.R.R.R. Martin could come up with. I know you're saying George R.R.R. Martin, isn't it just George George R. R. Martin. I had a dream one night that George Martin was a seal. So he's always been George R. 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 Martin to me. Don't get me started about R2D2 because I had the same dream about R2D2. I'm wildly excited today. Controversial stablecoin, Terra, meant to be pegged to the dollar, is now plummeted to 30 cents. Winter is coming in Bitcoin. Winter is coming in the bond market. I'm going to have that big interview that I would do at 10 o'clock probably posted by five o'clock today pacific time on rob black show uh youtube rob black show youtube rob black show i hope you get a chance to watch it and give me some feedback if i don't get feedback i get kind of bored and i kind of start going off the wrong directions listen to talking about winter's coming game of thrones adjustable rate mortgage demand surges to a 14-year high adjustable rate mortgage demand and this is one of those terms that if you're a true beginner you probably don't know what an arm is but I've already told you the answer. It's the adjustable rate mortgage. It means you can't afford or don't want a 30-year fixed mortgage. But instead, you want a five-year arm or a seven-year arm. Some people go with three. The problem with arms is you get a lower rate. Yes. Right now on a five-year, you would get 4.47%. But on a 30-year mortgage, you're at 553 the problem is that in five years, you have to refinance that debt again. It's really good for mortgage lenders because they get you to refinance once, they get you to refinance the second time five years later. And sometimes mortgage lenders only have a customer once every 30 years. Someone who buys a home, lives in the home, dies in the home kind of thing. So a 14-year high. So let's get back into our Wayback Machine, shall we? And that takes us back to 2007 when we were in a housing crash. You picking up what I'm putting down, ladies and gentlemen? Winter 
is coming. Doesn't mean that it's going to happen. And Lord knows in Game of Thrones on HBO, Winter is Coming was eh, kind of anticlimactic. That's a show that someone should have said, no, 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 no. Let's slow it down. Or they're going to remake it in 10 years and do it right. Too much source material that wasn't finished. Consumer prices climbed to an 8.3% annual pace in April, ending a seven-month run of rising headline inflation as energy prices retreated. But energy prices already creeped back up. That's the, oh, the devil's in the details, right? There's substantial increases for prices of shelter, food, airlines, and new vehicles. The food index, for instance, rose nine-tenths of a percent in April. As the food at home index rose 1%, not eating in restaurants. Another sign that winter is coming. I don't want to sound too negative. Most Americans will balk if conservatives challenge contraception and gay marriage after overturning Roe v. Wade. That was another statistic, uh, research report that I saw yesterday. It tells me this is going to be a wild election season, which for Wall Street creates drama. Winter is coming. A House of Representatives led by Republicans, kind of expected. A Senate led by Democrats, 50-50, kind of a coin toss by analysts right now. Next presidential cycle, not looking great for Democrats. Um, But then again, Trump had a bad week this week in some primaries. If you think his base is solid, it doesn't look like it's solid. So this summer and fall is going to be dramatic with politics. But also probably in about two years would be dramatic with the elections. I just wish, and I know this is, I know you're saying, if you had a genie, what would you wish for? I would blow a wish on, yeah, I think politicians should have to pass an IQ test. Just an IQ test. And I, now you're, now you're, uh, you're hating on poorly educated people. Shouldn't they be represented? I say no. I do like the way Australia represents people. You've got 19 political classes. We have two. That seems too few. Cute use of the word T-O-O in T-W-O. Um, strategists at Bank of America have issued a dire warning for near economic future of the Americans. Base case remains equity lows, yield highs yet to be reached. So they think stocks still should hit lower until yields hit higher. Okay. Okay. That's equity low yields higher you kind of get it right bank of america described this moment in the markets as a paralysis rather than a panic as investors attempt to determine how fed's long-term plan for rate hikes will impact holdings recession shock was priced in too quickly this is a problem as stronger than expected economic data in the first half is causing the market to price in longer bigger inflation rate shock i don't completely agree with that commentary but I don't completely disagree with it. I like the word of paralysis move rather than panic. You know what I keep saying is the VIX just isn't, it's not going high enough for me. I want the VIX. And again, I'm not completely anchored to the VIX. This is not going to be the thing that takes me down. Maybe, but I don't think so. Could be. No, I won't. But the VIX is lower today. There's just not a lot of volatility. So paralysis of waiting for the Fed to do their next thing, a lot of people think the Fed is locked in and they're going to march rates higher no matter what. 
And if they do, we'll see deflation in the stock market, which is one of the things the Fed should want if they want to fight inflation. Deflation in the stock market will stop people like me from selling Apple and buying a home. When I was 18 years old, I thought I had to save money for a down payment. I thought I had to save money for monthly payments. I thought I had to have an emergency fund. Um, I thought I could get a starter house for myself and later on in life, get married and move from that starter home into a, a single family home. Then later on in life, again, get a bigger home as the kids get bigger. And I would do that all with income, which is how many Americans get into the housing market. If you don't have that shares of Apple or shares of something you invested in or shares of a company you started. So it feels a bit like winter is coming. There's a lot of bad news. Now, the good news is we know that there's a lot of bad news. You picking up what I'm putting down there? And in on one more thought, the housing boom could put more Americans in baby making mode, which would be good for taxpayers, for states who collect taxes, right? New York Times found that U.S. homeowners have gained more than $6 trillion in housing wealth during the pandemic. Feeling a little bit more secure if you own a home. Feel a little bit more secure. You're like, ah, let's, let's slow things down. There's some truth to this. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Thought it would be a good time to bring in an expert. Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of both domestic and international news, economically oriented, in my opinion, towards the stock market, but world economies, lots of data. I couldn't get through it all in a single day if I wanted to, but I start my day each and every day with Patrick O'Hare's page one. Mr. O'Hare, how are you today? Hey, Rob, I'm doing fine. Thank you. So I started the show and I, I know I'm being a bit dramatic, but I said, if you ever saw Game of Thrones, have you seen Game of Thrones? Uh, I'm probably one of the few who have not. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. No, totally good. But you get the idea that it's uh, good people versus bad people. and The bad people are coming and the big gist of it is winter is coming. Inflation, um, elections, um, higher interest rates, slower economy. A lot of bad news seems to be out there. Um, how do you feel about the current market environment? And then we'll get into today's inflation rate as well. Uh, well, I think that, you know, the current market environment is a reflection of a lot of what you just talked about. Uh, it's the concerns about uh, perhaps darker days ahead, economically speaking. And uh, so uh, consequently, what you do see is a um, kind of a, a re-rating, so to speak, within the equity market as multiples come down and earnings as earnings growth prospects get called into question because of uh, the concern that uh, higher interest rates will ultimately feed into uh, lower levels of demand uh, and potentially profit margin pressures and uh, and ultimately, though, uh, disappointing earnings growth. The stock market has started 2022 in the first four months underperforming, but yet I saw a statistic yesterday that said something along the lines of NASDAQ still... 20% higher than it was two years ago. It feels awful for a lot of people who haven't been through a pullback or a correction or a bear market. How does it feel to you? Yeah, it, you know, I, I felt worse 
frankly, uh, during the financial crisis, um, <clears throat> you know, when okay. things were imploding then, um, when, uh, you know, it was evident or becoming evident that there was a real, real threat to a financial system collapse. Um, and that's, that's scary, you know, in terms of when you think of that. Uh, I think what we have now <clears throat> is, uh, while it's disarming and worrisome uh, in a number of respects, uh, it, it's kind of back to the basics in a way in terms of how a market should react in, in the sense that got overvalued. You have a Fed that's dealing with high inflation now, and it's going to try to deal with it by raising interest rates. And, uh, you know, we've been spoiled for so long with the persistence of rock bottom interest rates uh, that, you know, you, you get a real uh, sense of uncertainty kicking in here as to just how far rates are going to have to go up <clears throat> and how far stock prices are going to have to come down. But uh, this is kind of, to me, more of just a, a you know, a normal type of uh, bear market move. Uh, whereas there was real fear and loathing during the financial crisis uh, period, um, and uh, and this to me just doesn't doesn't stand out that way. I guess we could say that obviously the you know when the pandemic hit uh, in you know March 2020 that was really scary too because in some respects you were going to have a, a shutdown of the whole global economic system because of that, um, and that was that felt worse to me as well than what we're seeing right now. I started the show talking a little bit about Bank of America, Merrill Lynch research report that came out this week that said we're kind of experiencing a paralysis instead of a panic. To your point, this doesn't feel as bad as previous corrections, previous bear markets. We're just paralyzed, kind of waiting for the Fed. Um, The Fed saw some CPI numbers today. Um, Again, I wish you had one hand because I know you're going to say on one hand it was good, on one hand it wasn't so good. Um, what did you make of the CPI numbers? Uh, you must have read my page one column. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? Um, I haven't. Okay. So, well, the you know what from a headline perspective, right? The report was not uh, did not live up to the hype, right? As far as you know, there's a lot of previews that were saying that hey, you know, you're going to see uh, you know some pleasing numbers today, uh, and and we got higher than expected numbers relative to consensus, but. Uh, to be fair, a lot of those previews, though, did say that, you know, this report is going to uh, kind of lend itself to the idea that we were at peak inflation. And you can walk away from that report with, you know, with something with a takeaway like that. Uh, you had the CPI rate, total CPI on a year over year basis was up uh, eight, <clears throat> excuse me, eight point three percent versus eight point. 5%, you know, in terms of what we saw in March. And core CPI, which excludes food and energy, was up 6.2% year over year. That was down from 6.5% year over year. So uh, a little bit of disinflation, if you will, um, but just not as much as had been uh, anticipated based on where the monthly consensus numbers were pegged. But, you know, look, you take a step back, though, too, and realize we're stuck. High inflation, it's still high, you know, even if we have that disinflation there. And, you know, when you look at the, the shelter cost within that consumer price index report, it's remaining elevated and it's likely to remain elevated. And that's important to take into account because, uh, you know, it accounts for close to 40 percent of the core CPI. And uh, and what we heard Fed Chair Powell say in his, his testimony or his uh, at his press conference the other day was, you know, is really like the Fed seems to be more focused on core CPI. And so if we 
you know, walk away today with the assumption that core CPI is going to remain stubbornly high, well, then we also have to walk away with an assumption that the Federal Reserve is going to remain stubborn with an aggressive rate hike approach. And that's the idea that's going to continue to hang over this market here um, because, you know, one month is not a convincing trend make. You know, we need to see several months strung together where you have a real moderation in, uh, in CPI, but particularly core CPI, to start to kind of uh, create some relief in the equity market that the Fed is, you know, uh, not going to have to be as aggressive as many fear right now. I'm seeing a lot of <clears throat> reactions to inflation where people are taking that wait and see kind of a little paralyzed, but you just said it's going to be several months. Um, I know you're not, I'm not I'm asking for a crystal ball, but what do you think? Uh, since Wall Street's a six month discounting mechanism in theory that puts us till October that we're going to see higher inflation at least when do you think we might see some of the numbers kind of stabilize? Do you, have you have conversations at briefing.com? Well, you know, we, we you can see through to uh, some, some points of relief, but, uh, you know, they haven't really fully availed themselves yet. You know, one being, you know, China opening up again, right? Yeah, uh, and that, uh, you know, unleashing some, some relief as it relates to supply chain problems. Um, that won't be total relief. I mean, it takes a while for that to get going again. But uh, so that's one factor. And then, of course, you know, the war in Ukraine, uh, which is continuing to um, keep food and energy costs elevated. Uh, would love to see some, um, you, know, you know, progress on that front. Uh, but that's looking like a much longer term uh, sticking point here. Um, so it. But but I think what you're driving at too, Rob, and, and it's, it's I don't know the answer to the question because it's it's just it, it's uh, we may have hit peak inflation, but you know how how far does it come down from here and how quickly and uh, and it's it, you know it, it's just hard to tell um, and and that is why you have this wait see mindset because uh, in many respects a lot of market participants um, uh, are are dealing with high inflation for the you know really high inflation for the first time in their lifetime. Um, and, you know, I can, you know, uh, attest to that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old, so I wasn't really, I was alive back in the late 70s, but I wasn't really a, aware of what was going on at that point and the inflation pressures we saw then. But uh, it's, you know, more acute now, um, you know, as a homeowner and a father of four kids, and you know, and I'm not alone, obviously, in that respect that, you know, type of thing uh, is uh, hitting home in, in a lot of households across the country. Uh, and so it's a new phenomenon to, to see how this is going to get uh, rectified here. And we do have these exogenous forces that are, are making it more challenging to, uh, to arrest these inflation pressures. We've got two minutes left and I've been hogging the questions and I think your mind, I'd rather sit and listen to you for a minute and a half. Anything else that we need to hit right now that's important? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I always hate to sound so negative, um, but, you know, the, the reality is, is that uh, is that this inflation is going to be a factor for the consumer. And I think it already is in, in many respects, you know, as we go to a gas pump and, uh, you know, in a car that might have cost, you know, $50 to fill up a year ago or so now is costing closer to $100 to fill up. Um, you see it at the grocery aisle. So, 
Um, so what I think, you know, we've seen the market discounting here as well is just the idea that the consumer, while, you know, seemingly strong now, is likely to show signs of weakening as the year progresses. Um, and that's uh, probably where I'll take my big picture column this Friday, just in terms of trying to uh, reconcile why in the face of, you know, what we're hearing strong consumer demand now, you're still not seeing a really strong performance from the consumer discretionary sector. And we think that's because the market's looking toward a weakening consumer later in the year, which is going to then contribute to the downward revision and earnings estimates. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. These are the days where I wish I had you for an hour, but we'll take what we can get. I appreciate it. Get back to the markets, get back to studying, get back into helping us out. I start my day each and every day with your page one, except for Wednesdays, because I kind of want to be surprised with your content and your take. Um, it's been a reliable source of information for me for 20 plus years. You can find briefing.com at briefing.com. You can find me at robblackshow.com. An education first approach to managing your money. This is the Rob Black Show. Big article yesterday in the New York Times, which I still read the business section. That Netflix is going to go with a subscription model by the end of this year. They have a 1999 dollar a month version that includes high definition 4k they also have a nine dollars and 99 simpler plan not in 4k so this is obviously going to appear maybe somewhere in between there or maybe below 9.99 but it ultimately will put netflix in competition on even ground when you compare it to something like a hulu and HBO Max, Disney Plus, and Paramount Plus, all of which have cheaper subscription with ad breaks. Did they raise prices as much as they could? Yes. Did they get to the point where we started feeling like, whoa, $19.99 a month? It's similar to cable. When you add in an internet connection, maybe we just go back to the old cable box, of which the old cable box has actually improved quite a bit, a lot in the last three years, probably because competition came in, right? So Netflix, the optics on this are very, very bad. Netflix had a, an amazing run on Wall Street, 15 of the greatest years ever, where they were losing money and even more money and even more money. But their revenues and their subscribers were climbing and people were willing, investors were willing to say, we'll wait for you. Maybe they waited a little bit too long is the thought. Maybe we've hit a little bit of peak TV. You've heard about peak oil. Is there a thing called peak TV? There really is. Um, for the last couple of years, we've been talking about the golden age of television. If you were a writer or an actor and you couldn't get on a job somewhere in the country, somewhere in the world, acting, that's, I'd be mean. Like, hey, come on. If Meghan Markle can get in a TV show. You can get a TV show. She's not that good. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to hit people when they're down. Um, but there's a thought that we have hit peak TV. And today, Disney's going to report their numbers after the market closes. I'm interested to see how that goes. In large part, um, Disney's got a lot of... I can't do it today. I can't do it tomorrow or the next day or the next day. I'm considering buying some more Disney right now. In large part, it's gotten too cheap. They've got the reopening of the parks. They've got the movies that are really lining up just perfectly. Um, 
I don't like Dr. Strange love or Dr. Strange and it's kind of working what they're doing. Uh, they had a little bit of a pandemic dud in Black Widow compared to other movies, but I think we could say that was maybe the pandemic or maybe we didn't need the female Russian, not a superhero, but something, right? maybe we just didn't like resonate with that character. Um, so today, Disney. And the reason I'm doing this, is I think there's going to be a focus off of peak TV very soon where Netflix kind of ruined the party for a lot of people by saying we're not getting subscribers anymore. So we'll expect more of a slowdown. Keep in mind, Disney has more room to raise prices as Netflix is now in the position of trying to offer more for less. You'll have less of your personal time after you enjoy Netflix with ad supported content. I still think something bold out of Netflix would be fun. Like if they bought CBS and they, kind of merge the operations, but that's just me being silly. Retail traders have now lost all the money that they gained during the pandemic, according to Morgan Stanley. I think that's a good thing. There's two things that have to happen. There's a lot of things that have to happen for me to say, this is the safest the market's been in my lifetime. Or this is the point where I'm going to tell my kids, now you should put your homework money um, into the market. I want to see the retail investors gone. And we've seen that with Robinhood. We need to see a little bit more with crypto. The people who basically aren't using a lot of money, the average Robinhood counts, what, $10,000 or less. That's not really a that's not really an investment account, but there are so many of them that they had sway and they had meme stocks, of which the IRS is saying, we're having a bonanza year this year because people didn't pay their meme stocks. So we're collecting more money on the short-term capital gains that people traded and didn't realize that there's a cost of doing business. But I need the retail traders to get hurt to kind of shake the tree. The last 10 years have been too easy for everyone. There's been a little bit of road bump here and there, but we need the big road bump. And as I've been saying all week, there needs to be a blood sacrifice. Um, and I hate saying that because it makes me sound insensitive. But I'm telling you, history tells me we need some more failures. And what I just did by telling you that retail investors have lost everything they put in in the pandemic, Netflix is back to where it was pre-pandemic. These are good things, not bad things. Because in history, I think we're going to go down and say the pandemic, it was real for sure. It was definitely real, but it created a lot of pull forwards. Um, volatility is just not there. We're more paralyzed right now than we are panicked. I enjoy seeing some of the lesser known names fall apart. Some of the lesser bad ideas. You've heard me on this show. I don't really get buy now, pay later. And I don't really get algorithm companies that sell information to buy now, pay later that says, you know, Rob Black Kid lives in an expensive house. He could probably afford free credit, even though his credit score is non-existent, we're going to let him go out and buy a $1,200 phone. Apple loves it because the phone's been bought and paid for. Now the risk is on someone else's hands because it's buy now, pay later. I don't like that. I hate those kind of things. On top of it, there's a story out from yesterday about family debt, household debt. Uh, it's hit $16 trillion despite rising interest rates and inflation. As interest rates rise, it's going to cost of servicing your $16 trillion of debt is going to be higher. 
consumer debt and credit debt rose 1.7% in the first quarter to 15.8 trillion, a new record. That increase, which stemmed largely from housing debt, came even with surging inflation and rising rates. Student loan debt climbed 14 billion in the first quarter. Here's what I don't like about the Biden plan to wipe out student debt. It doesn't address the problem at its core. Colleges are raising their prices too much. Until we get that under control of inflation, I don't think we should be saying, okay, here's the solution. Let's wipe out the debt. We got to get college debt under control. We got to get our college system under control. Too many degrees for things that don't produce jobs. Seems like a waste of money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.